Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times to which God has decided we will live. And times such as these require from us that we act on a unique set of responsibilities. One of them is speaking simple, absolute truths into a world that is busily trying to erase simple, absolute truths, like humans have an immune system, and there's such a thing as men and women, and male rapists probably don't belong in female prisons. Lynn joins me. She's an activist um, in the Western Washington area. In fact, she's a national activist. She has done so much um, to help people understand the craze of trans ideology, uh, how it harms families. And in this case, we're going to talk about Purdy Prison in Washington State. Lynn, welcome to the Todd Herman Show. Thanks, Todd. I'm really happy to be here. You know, when this uh, seven or eight years ago, when I started to talk about men in women's bathrooms and men in women's showers and in little girls showers. And uh, it, it went from, well, this is very few cases and no one's going to fake this and no one's going to abuse this. And now we're at a state where um, my friend Eric Erickson, national radio host, was just canceled from Twitter for saying um, Laurel Hubbard, Gavin, the Olympian, is a man. He has been suspended. We hear trans women are women. But it's now gotten to the point where people told me it would never get there are men imprisoned with women at the Purdy prison, and you're going to do something about it. So tell my audience about this. Well, we sure would like to do something about it. So I'm um, Todd. Most of your listeners are probably aware that in January, when President Biden took office, he signed an executive order. Um, and so that executive order required all federal agencies to conduct a review of their regulations and their policies in order to incorporate gender identity into their policies. And um, that it was a very sweeping executive order and it included the Bureau of Prisons. And so most of your listeners are probably not aware that because of that executive order, all of the prisons in the United States have been ordered to um, incorporate gender identity into their policies. So um, the, out, the outcome of this is that men are now being allowed to self-identify as women and apply to be uh, placed within the women's um, correctional facilities rather than the men's at their discretion. If they say that they're men, then they are being transferred to women's facilities. Women's facilities have lower security and they're typically a, a lot more comfortable place to do your time. So. I'm not saying that all these men don't genuinely feel that they're women, they might or they might not, um, but undoubtedly um, their time will be more pleasantly spent in the women's facility. Well, no doubt. And uh, I guess I would say this, they're not women, they can't be women. And they, right. And they may, and I know that we agree on that and they may well feel that way, but uh, people hear this, uh, Lynn, because the way the Seattle Media 5 reports it is they will say trans women can now be in uh, women's prisons, as they say, the right. first openly trans woman um, in the Olympics. They they use that magic word trans woman or magic uh, hyphenated phrase. So let's be clear um, in the Purdy prison. These are men. I think all but one is fully intact, as I understand it. Um, and some of these men are violent and some of them have, in fact, uh, inflicted violent harm upon women and girls. That's correct, Todd. Um, so as far as we can tell, because the Washington State um, 
prisons have not been forthcoming with the information. As a matter of fact, some of our um, FOIAs were um, returned and they refused to answer our questions um, because they were more concerned with the privacy of these men than they were with the um, public's knowledge of what's really happening, which is frustrating. Um, but we now know that at least 20 men are being housed in the women's facility. And uh, not long ago, there was a female um, inmate in the correctional facility who was raped in prison by a man who had been transferred to the facility because he said that he was a woman. Um, in California, there are 300 applications for men to be um, moved to the women's facility. Um, none of them have been denied. And California is distributing condoms and plan B to the women in the prison. Now we know for a fact that if these men were really women, the women would not need condoms in prison right. to protect themselves. And there is at least one woman in California who is currently pregnant in prison. And, and I am familiar with this case. Lynn is with us. She's an activist um, in Washington state and has had a national and international positive effect on helping parents and others fight against trans ideology, which has um, simply no basis in anything that is observable, testable, falsifiable. There is no scientific basis to any of this. And I just proved that point. If I went to um, if I if, if a 13 year old kid went to Children's Hospital in Bellevue and said, hey, I have a brain tumor. So how about uh, putting me on some chemo and cutting into my brain? The doctors would say, hey, well, let's let's make sure that you have a brain tumor first. Let's do a battery of tests. Let's try some non-invasive uh, measures. But if a 13 year old boy walks in and says, hey, I'm a girl at Children's Hospital after a couple of meetings, that's as I understand it through media reports and others, a couple of meetings. Um, Children's Hospital says, okay, let's get you shot up with some wrong sex hormones. So you completely self-identify. And Lynn, I also heard that in California, um, the Women's Liberation Front is, is recording the voices of women forced to be housed with men. A man attempting to rape a woman in prison told her, as I recall from the Women's Liberation Front uh, report, he said, this would be a lot easier if you would be a lot nicer. So this hmm. is the reality that, yeah, uh, and I guess that's, you know, that's what you say when you're raping someone, if you're a man in a woman's prison, um, these women have no way out. And right. are, they, are, are they able to file charges of rape? Or, I mean, I can't imagine how frustrating and scary it is to look at your bunkmate and your bunkmate is an intact male. Right, Todd. And so if the women are physically raped, and then I'm sure that they can file a complaint. Um, but, you know, it's it's actually a little bit more concerning than that. Um, these women are vulnerable. They're locked in. They can't get out. They have no agency. And um, they are almost upwards of 89% of them have experienced sexual violence in their past. Um, and so it's not really necessary for a man to actually rape this woman in order for her to be traumatized by having to sleep next to him, shower next to him, use the bathroom next to him and exist in his space when she does not want him there. And these women are unable to complain. If they do complain, they're, they're not going to be heard and they may even face um, consequences in the environment that they're in. So they're being made to silently just endure this. And I think that the members of the public should, we should care about this. 
Right. You're, you're, yeah. you're taxed there. You're, so today in Washington state, you paid taxes in some form or another. And mm-hmm. those taxes have helped a man walk into a shower naked and sit and, and stand and observe women showering as he's naked and, and perhaps enjoying watching these these women have to shower on him, go to the bathroom. There's no doors on bathrooms in prison Then um, no. getting to go to bunk uh, with women who don't want them there. Your tax dollars pay for this. And um, in the inevitable circumstance, when children are born, your tax dollars will have paid for a child to be conceived in a prison, perhaps through rape, um, and then what, raised in prison? Or do we just let everybody out? Well, clearly there's not a lot of concern um, here for anybody except the special people who are the gender ID ideologues, and they're considered more vulnerable than anyone else, which is nonsense. Um, So um, I think it's worth saying that um, the Eighth Amendment of the Constitution of the United States protects, is supposed to protect people from cruel and unusual punishment. This is clearly cruel and unusual punishment. And we don't even treat prisoners of war this way. Right. And I'm glad you mentioned the Eighth Amendment. I'm glad you mentioned cruel and unusual punishment. Uh, it's a great point. And I want people to take a little trip with us down. You mentioned special people, too. I mentioned the fact that transgender is a magic word and the media and activists use it to their advantage. It's also a meaningless word, as I've just illustrated. If you can say, hey, to damn a woman and to tomorrow, my man, the word means nothing. But Lynn, I want to take a quick break for traffic with right way traffic. And then I want to come back and present some of the trans paradoxes that feed into this. Let's check traffic with right way traffic. Lynn is with me. She is an activist, uh, nationally known activist, nationally effective activist fighting against trans ideology, trans ideology, protecting children, helping families with resources whose kids have been conned into and 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 seduced into trans ideology. In this case, we're talking about Purdy Prison. There's going to be an action there. Lynn's group is taking action. There's going to be a protest. We're going to talk about that. Lynn, this is what the trans activists say uh, about these men in, in, in male prisons. They say that the men are unsafe. They will say, oh, we, we can't have these trans women uh, housed with men because they're unsafe. And so let me translate that for everybody. These men who are biologically intact men, they're men. They're unsafe around other men because in their hearts, they're women. So they take these men who, who say they're women and suddenly the women that they're housed with now are supposed to we're supposed to act like they're safe. Is there anything in trans ideology that is not pure paradox? Um, well, <laughs> we could have several more shows about that, Todd, yeah. as you know. Um, and, you know, what I would say when, um, you know, someone wants to talk about how these men aren't safe, um, I'm all for everyone being safe, but I don't think that the responsibility um, for these men's safety lies with these women. It's not the women's job to keep the men safe. And um, so, if they want to house these men in some separate facility from the other men, then the prison is, you know, they could build their own separate place for all these men that think they're women to stay. But why should the women have to bear the consequences of this? It's, it's absolutely unjust and it's unreasonable. Well, and why should society have to bear the consequences of the elimination of pure, objective, scientific, biological reality? Maybe we should just ask the men to be more tolerant. (laughs) 
Well, but that, as you know, that only goes one way. So yeah, you're, 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 yeah, but but really, you right. know, if, if the men should just learn not to pick on the men that want to wear dresses. I mean, that's right. really up to the men to do, not the women. Right. And that's and it goes back to this paradox. And always remember where there's a double standard, there's a hidden agenda. There are very few people, very few who actually think that these men are women. And most people who say it are afraid to come out and say, no, I'm sorry, they're men. And people have been browbeaten and they've been virtue signaled and they've been threatened and and people know they'll get suspended from Twitter for saying, no, I'm sorry, that weightlifter is a dude. And and he's, by the way, a really not very good weightlifter. So um, you're going to be you're going to be taking some people down to Purdy prison. This Eighth Amendment um, cruel and unusual punishment is a great point. Um, So let's talk about that event, what you hope to achieve at that event and, and, um, and who's helping to support this. Sure. So this event is part of an entire week of a weekend of action that's being planned um, called the Sovereign Women's um, Event. And um, the website for that is SovereignWomenCircle.com. So we are holding an entire um, lineup. We're going to have speakers. We're going to have a a public speakers panel. Um, And um, women are absolutely welcome to um, join that event. But um, the protest part, the prison protest will be held on Saturday, August 21st, and the public is invited to come protest with us. So we will be holding, um, before we go to the prison, we'll be having a brief training for everyone who wants to come to make sure that we're all on the same page and that everything that is done there is done in an organized and reasonable and positive manner. We're, we're not wanting chaos there. Right. Um, so um, anyone who wants to come is welcome to join us. We'll be at the Comfort Inn in Tacoma at 11 a.m. on Saturday, August 21st. So anyone who wants to come is welcome to meet us there for a short training, and then we will be traveling together down to the prison. We will also have an aerial banner. We're gonna have a plane flying over Purdy and Gig Harbor with a message to encourage the women in that prison. So we have two reasons that we wanna do this. One, we want the women inside of Purdy prison to know that we see them, that they are not forgotten by the members of the public here, that we understand that they are being held in conditions that are completely unreasonable, that are unjust, that are violating their constitutional right to save, you know, to, to not be cruelly punished. And we also want the, um, we want the prison to know that we see them too, and that we see that what they're doing is wrong and that we want to hold them to account. We want to start a conversation about this. And um, we feel really strongly that um, the Bureau of Prisons and the Washington State Prisons in particular need to be held to account for what they're doing. Yeah. And and specific to that, I mean, obviously forcing these women to live around men. There's been a rape. There's going to be more. I've heard of my friend Dory Monson's radio show. He's heard from staff in the prison. You have prison, you know, you've uh, corrections officers who are panicked because they know what's going to happen. I'd mention as well that these men can also be very violent men with prison staff. And a lot of the prison staff correctional officers there are women because it's a women's prison for women. 
Um, and I'd also mention this, that um, the, what the Department of or the, the Bureau of Prisons in Washington state hiding the names of these men from you, from the lawyers at the Women Liberations, Women's Liberation Front has asked for this. The ACLU has stepped in to say you can't give this up. So everybody under, or you can't give these names up. Everybody understand where the lines are painted on this. And I just wind it right back to this. If they can get away with housing men with women in prison, they're going to put women, um, men in um, your daughter's schools, in your daughter's. They're going to put them in your daughter's locker rooms all over the country. It's already happening. If we don't stand up for the least of these, well, we don't stand up for anybody. So, Lynn, I appreciate you yeah. joining us. Hey, thanks. Um, yeah, I don't I think we're out of time. Well, you, was there something you wanted to close off with real quick? Um, well, I just did want to add that there's also concern for the staff. I'm glad you brought up the staff. Yeah. Because um, female employees at the prison will now be required to um, perform searches on biological men, whether they like to or not. And um, also, um, the, uh, the prison will be um, required to hire people based on gender identity. So for jobs that really do require a biological female okay they will not be able to prevent men from applying for and receiving those jobs and one thing that's also really concerning is that these crimes that men are doing when they say that they're women they're being recorded as crimes done by women they're not being recorded as being done by transgender people they're being recorded as crimes done by women that's right Right. And, and that will shift all the crime statistics. And what it really does is what it hides is that a lot of men who identify as women um, end up having violent tendencies. I'm not saying all because there's plenty of people who identify as the opposite sex. They're the least thing from violent. They're the furthest thing from violent people. They are folks who have a different experience and view of themselves and others. But there is a pretty direct line in prison circumstances and others between men who pose as women, particularly people who are what are called autogynephiliacs and violent tendencies, particularly towards women. Uh, So let's not forget all of that in this. So one more time, give the uh, website to my audience again, Lynn, where they can um, go join Um, you this this weekend. Yeah, that's, hold on, sovereignwomenscircle.com. Okay. SovereignWomenCircle.com. Lynn's been with us. She's an activist, has had national, international impacts on helping families and children get out of the trans ideology, stay away from it and giving parents resources. So Lynn, I I tell with everybody, but I'll tell specifically to you, go with God's good grace, put on the full armor of God because you need it. And just thank you so much for what you're doing for for all of us. Thanks a lot, Todd. Thanks for having me on. It's my pleasure. Todd Herman Show continue after we check traffic with Right Way Traffic.